You're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. As promised, we do have a guest we'll be talking to. He's going to be in Jamestown tomorrow night along with two other fellas to bring you the good humor man. It's going to be taking place at the Regilene Center for the Arts, and tickets are still available at the Regilene box office and also online. Pat Hazel is one of the original writers for NBC's Seinfeld. He's a veteran of The Tonight Show and a critically acclaimed playwright and a contributing commentator to National Public Radio. He's recognized for his genuinely funny Americana humor and his salute to nostalgia. Showtime declared Pat Hazel one of the five funniest people in America. We have him on the telephone with us right now to give us more details about his show on Saturday night. Pat, thank you so much for taking time out and talking with us today. Oh, my pleasure. I like the title, Arts on Fire. Sounds so urgent. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we try to be urgent, you know. That's probably why we're uh, doing this interview the day before the show actually takes place. <laughs> it's urgent that go. we get the word out about it. Uh, yeah, the, the Good Humor Men. It's not only yourself, but you also have uh, two other familiar names to Jamestown coming back into town. Pete Lee, who's performed here in the past, along with Pat McGann. And the three of you will be taking the stage at the Regilene as part of this uh, this program of, of comedy and laughter. And, and maybe a good place to start out with is just uh, your explanation of what the Good Humor Men is all about. Okay, and I will correct it minorly. Pete Lee is definitely in, on board with me, and Pete has done a number of Tonight Shows in the last year. I think Jimmy Fallon has had him on about four times in the last 12 to 18 months or something. Uh, the third person joining us is Tony Deo. He's also familiar to that area and been a, a big part of comedy, I guess, in Jamestown over the years. Um, That's right. So, you see, uh, we do have Tony Deo on the Reg Lene website, yeah. and I was looking at the Sweetwood Creative uh, website, well, which had Pat there, so I apologize. Very good stable of comics for the Good Humor Men, and everybody's got a certain amount of late-night credits and Tonight Shows and Colbert's and various things, so that's kind of how, how we all came together in the first place. Got it. Um, and on, on occasion, if there's a family matter or something of that nature, the name may change, but I know for a fact that it's myself and Pete Lee and Tony Deo, and uh, Tony told me about the uh, big improvements of the Comedy Museum up there. Uh, since my last visit, I guess it's really... You know, it's been over a year ago, so that's, I, he says, you've got to go spend some time at the at the Comedy Museum. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, right on. So, yeah, the yeah. Good, good humor men. What, 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 why was the inception, or, or what was the idea behind uh, getting the three of you all on the road and having this, uh, this uh, ensemble well, started, of comedians? Right. And my last visit to your town at the Ripsley was the Wonder Bread Years, which is my one-man tour de farce, or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, the nature of the way I do comedy is positive and sort of, uh, you know, PG, PG-13, sort of TV broadcast sort of sensibility in my editing. Um, and many of the venues around the country said, where are those guys that aren't really super down and dirty but are clever and crafty? And so I sort of set out to curate uh, other comics that would do that and that were on the rise, particularly, you know, guys that were starting to show up more and more on late-night television. So I put the word out, and people were referring people, and uh, a name like P. Lee came up time and time again, and I was like, oh, I'm going to take a look at this guy. Uh, and I happened to meet him down here in Austin at the Austin Film Festival, and we immediately hit it off and started doing dates together, uh, and then had these other couple of guys join us. And just to, sort of depending on where we're at, depends on which three of us goes out, uh, depending on our school uh, tour schedules and so forth. But uh, it is really fun because it's sort of uh, like a comedy rat pack or something. You know, there's no heavy lifting. We get to have a steak dinner and everybody does sort of uh, their hits, you know, 
20, 25 minutes apiece, you know, all headliners. Uh, and then we do a thing at the end where we do a sort of a three-man Q&A with the audience, and they've always got really great questions about what it was like to write on Seinfeld or what's Jimmy Fallon really like or, you know, any kind of thing they can come up with. We're, we're game to kind of be witty on the end there. Right on. And, right. I, and, and again, we're talking with uh, Pat Hazel, who is one of three individuals coming to Jamestown on Saturday night for uh, the Good Humor Men show. And, and, Pat, the last time you were in town was two years ago. I think it was in the uh, spring of 2017 or perhaps the late winter, whatever way you want to look at it. Either way, you were here about two years ago, and I was in the show. I was in the, um, in the, in the oh, audience great. for that show. I really enjoyed the, the Wonder Bread years and the look back on nostalgia. And that's sort of something that you've become known for over the years is, is sort of the uh, uh, somebody who's been able to look back at the past at this uh, idea of nostalgia and, and turn it so that it's a, a humorous approach to looking at uh, the things we remember fondly from years gone by. Is that some an element that you continue on as part of your set when we'll I see do, you tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, in most of everything I do, I love that retrospective stuff. I love the nostalgia and the memories. Um, but the good news about Good Humor Men, it allows us all to write, uh, you know, all the time. Like, we might observe something tomorrow at lunch and it'll end up being on the show that night sort of so it's a it's a good mix of being able to like you know i don't talk really that much about my my family or anything in the wonder bread years but you know people find it funny that uh you know that i'm raising two sons on my own and so forth and i always say that i you know after being divorced that i thought i was a catch but it turns out that i'm a, a catch and release so um, you know it's kind of a father's note match sort of thing and you know it is interesting in this particular threesome that we got a divorced guy we got a married guy with a kid and we got a single guy right so we have different perspectives on that right know, right on I, I know also that you try to stay away from polarizing topics where some people might find humorous while <laughs> others might find offense to it. And I'm talking specifically about politics, you know, and then the state of politics today, it, it can be very polarizing. And depending on who your audience are, you're going to have them rolling in, in the aisles with laughter or they're going to be coming at you with a, with a pitchfork. You know what I mean? I mean, right, I, so, so yeah. I understand you, you sort of stay away from that, right? I, I do. I don't. I, I, I basically say to everybody, I, you know, I really try to the line to be, the sexual line to be, where we draw the line in the sand at Viagra, you know, we don't really cross over to anything too crazy. Um, but I don't, you know, by, by nature, these guys are picked because they know how to really hit the ball well, right? And, and politics, you know, can be humorous, but I find that it's divisive anyway, and also it's tr- it triggers all kinds of reactions, and you know, uh, as does religion and other things that I just in our particular situation and for this show, I feel like this is a welcome escape from the nightly news and from everything that's going on. And, you know, let the, let the you know, talk show host or whatever handle something funny that happened, you know, in a hearing today, tomorrow, right? We're, we're there to try to be inclusive and bring as many people together as we can. Um, you know, it's more humor for humanity as opposed to taking a side. I think, you know... It's difficult. It's difficult to sit at the table with your family if politics comes up, you know. Tell me so, about it. Yeah, we don't, I don't, in our situation, I don't think people want to buy a ticket uh, to hear our opinion on that particular matter. But, um, you know, some people are good at it, some aren't. But in our situation, it just doesn't really come up. Sometimes in the Q&A, it will, like people say, hey, how come they're not making fun of the president or something? And it's like, hey, there's, there's plenty of that going on. We don't need to 
pile on, you know. Right. And and how how has the the show been received? I know this isn't your first uh, stop. Obviously, this has been an ongoing project. How has the audiences around the country oh, uh, received this project? It's great, and I, I got to say, it's so much fun to watch the other guys and to watch the audience watch the other guys, and we change it up. Different person sometimes opens or middles or closes, and you know, it, it's sort of a little bit of a you know uh, a surfing challenge or something you know like everybody goes out there and tries to hit the pipeline and stay in there as long as they can and get as many laughs as they can um, but it's a very generous the audiences have been i think really surprised now this is a pac you know at the performing arts center over there at Reg a and i just have a um a heightened sense of what a, a performing arts center audience deserves right we generally dress up a little bit more um and we're there for Audiences maybe that are even older than haven't really ever spent time at a comedy club or haven't been to a town to see comedy in Las Vegas or somewhere else. So we're sort of bringing our A-game in um, for everybody to sort of get a taste. Um, I just think you're going to see a lot more of these guys that I picked because they're already breaking, you know, uh, and uh, I'm lucky that their agencies and other people let them join me on the tour when we do this. Um, so I feel like we're really bringing a a fun sort of um, showcase to the area. Right on. And again, we are talking with uh, Pat Hazel. He's joining uh, Tony Deo along with Pete Lee to stop by the Reginald A. Center for the Arts on Saturday night for the Good Humor Man. A few tickets still remain, so uh, get your tickets online if you can do that. So, so uh, Pat, last week on Arts on Fire, we did sort of a retrospect where we uh, shared portions of the interview we did with you two years ago in advance of oh. the Wonder Bread year. So I think our listeners who tuned in last week are familiar with your backstory and, and who you are and all the different projects you were involved with. But uh, that leads me to my, uh, my maybe my, my final round of questions here is uh, what are you? What else are you working on besides the good humor men and maybe uh, working on refining the Wonder Bread years? Are there any other major projects you're currently invested in or, or looking to move forward here in the next uh, year or so? Yeah, so I like how you said your last line of questioning. Now you sound like the political guy, um, <laughs> right. but I uh, I have two projects. I have a, uh, a musical that I've been writing with a New York Broadway guy for some time uh, called Grounded for Life about a guy being stuck in his childhood bedroom. Um, which is super kooky. Um, but the current thing that I'm pounding out on uh, on my computer is, is something that opens, uh, you know, later in the year, and it's called Pat Hazel's Permanent Record. And so it's a brand new show about uh, your biggest fear in life is that something would end up on your permanent record, and that it might affect your future or whatever. Um, but now that I'm uh, a little bit older, I don't care so much what people think about me. So I'm in search of my permanent record. And then I'm uh, going to reveal everything, you know, I'm going to tell everybody all there is, you know, uh, that I was afraid of. Um, and it's it's a fascinating project to go about because what I did last year was I hired a, or not last year, last week, I hired an opposition research company that a politician or a CEO or somebody would hire. And I just said, okay, guys, look into me, see what you can find out. And then I'll try to explain, you know. No kidding. So it's. It's sort of a, uh, the narrative is a little bit about what would it be like to be scrutinized, you know. Um, and I can't tell you exactly how it's going to turn out because I'm still in the process, but but they did uh, email me and said we're ready to share the results. So sometime next week, after I get back from Jamestown. That's fast, I, yeah, that's fascinating I, because I know that, 
I talk with some people who do stand-up comedy, and they say if, if you have a fear of speaking in front of people, if you're just starting out, one of the best ways you can get over that fear is to tell the most embarrassing thing about yourself right off the get-go. And that way, once that's out there, it kind of calms your nerves a little bit because what else worse could be out there than you know something right. terrible in well, the past? It also, it also seems to be where the best stories are, right? Whenever somebody tells a story, they always say, the funniest thing happened to me, or you're never going to believe this, right? That's That's really where the excitement is. It's not... I got up and had cereal and put my pants on, right? That's not a very interesting story. So, uh, and I, I just find the truth is such a great place um, to land in terms of people relating to it or, you know, having gone through it and that sort of thing. Um, it's a little bit, I'm one of the cautionary tales here is, you know, how much do I say, you know, I have kids that are 16 and 18 and are just entering into the world where they may end up with something on their permanent record. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how much I want to admit about anything, you know, uh, in terms of them being in the audience. But uh, but I'm trying to be honorable about the whole thing so the audience understands that it's all based on true stories. And, right. know, I did some really dumb, kooky things, like uh, when I would travel in college, I would always take the uh, air sickness bag out of the seat in front of me, and I would tear the bottom out, and then I would fold it up and put it back in the seat. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if that ever paid off, but I imagine one day it was funny when somebody thought, you know, oh, yeah, that's uh... so, not proud of it, but I, you know. It was a, a mischievous move, you know. Right on, right on. What's What's also great about that approach is for for your generation and even my generation, there's not as much of a permanent record, so to speak, you know, a, um, a, a trail of evidence that is found nowadays with the younger generation online, where just about everything you've done, oh, uh, one everywhere. way, shape, or form is recorded on, on your own personal social media platforms right. or even on other websites. We don't really have that, people that are, you know, 35, 40 or older. Well, you'd think that. You'd be surprised, though. That's what's really funny. Like these guys, one of these guys, I was telling him a story about uh, a, a civic group I spoke in front of or something, and there was an article that said, you know, uh, you know, group was offended or something. I, and the guy goes, oh, I'll find that article. You know, so, you know, they got whatever methods they can find. Um, frankly, it wasn't really an offensive comment. It was, a, it was a comment about a couch. But but nonetheless, the way it was interpreted by the person, uh, and then they went to the newspaper, and the newspaper wrote the story, then it was their interpretation of the material that ends up actually in the permanent record. Like, no the audience or I wasn't asked about it. It was just one person's, you know, opinion. So, you know, sometimes this stuff is true and sometimes it's not, you know, but, but once it's, once it's on the internet or Google or something, it lives forever. So, you know, I'm always said to my kids, you know, you know, you're really the author of your permanent record. You get to choose whether you do that stupid thing and take that stupid picture and put it on Instagram. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. It's, so, it's, so, something that's, that's always impressed on us. Right, you can stop it early if you if you're using your brain, you know. Um, so you, usually we all have some trigger in our head that tells us we're doing something wrong, you know. But here's the interesting thing: Miles Davis said that when you hit a wrong note, uh, or when you hit a bad note, he said it's only the next note that determines whether it's wrong or not. Right, so you know he's a jazz whiz, you know, and can convert something into something good. So it's, a, it's really about the next choice you make. 
Right on. I like that. Uh, yeah. Pat, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to learning more about that project, and hopefully once you get it uh, finished and wrapped up, and uh, you'll take it on the road, and maybe we'll have you back in, in a year or so so we can uh, learn more about this project you're working on. Of course, uh, tomorrow night, again, you will be in Jamestown along with uh, Pete Lee as well as Tony Deo for the Good Humor Men. Really looking forward to seeing the show. Yeah. I, I think all my questions are satisfied unless there's anything else you want to add. No, I just I hope you'll join us. Uh, and I got to say, uh, high endorsements here. Pete Lee and Tony Dale are super funny guys, and I, it's my pleasure to to come to town with them and uh, to share this with the audience again. So, uh, you know, I know you're a comedy town and you get a lot of comics, but uh, these guys are really top shelf. So, um, it'll be fun to share them with everybody. Right on. Look forward to seeing you, and thank you so much for taking time out and talking with us today here on Arts on Fire.